You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, Sam and Steve to bring you the latest of Yankees baseball. And Sam, we made it through a season and it's playoff time in 2020. How you doing, man? Steve, I'm doing well. The Yankees are in the playoffs, but I'm going to say one thing and I hate to be this guy. It just doesn't feel like prior years and, I, and I'm sure a lot of people feel that way uh, I'm very excited Garrett Cole on the mound uh, he's been on fire in the last month of the season and I'm thrilled to see him in his first Yankees postseason start but you know I'm gonna be honest it just doesn't feel like it normally does but I'm excited either way uh, the Yankees and Indians we last saw this series in 2017 with the Yankees coming back from a two-game deficit to win the last three in a best-of-five series. It's one of my favorite memories as a Yankees fan. So I'm excited. The Indians have a great rotation. Uh, the Yankees, uh, the last ever since that 10-game winning streak, I'm not sure what they've been. We'll share our opinions on that from for later. But I am excited for this series it's going to be a great matchup yeah as you say yeah it definitely feels different than the year as it should this has been a weird year um everybody pretty much makes the playoffs uh you know eight, you know eight teams in each each league now the yankees officially the five seed so they go on the road to play all three games in cleveland we'll break down that matchup and a few other um mlb predictions towards the end of the episode here but let, let's start it off with just kind of the, the season that was uh Kind of been typical Yankees in the past few years. Uh, a lot of injuries, a lot of big streaks, a lot of times that you think this team can't win a game, and then a lot of times you think there's no way they can lose a game. And that's kind of how it was for the Yankees. I felt like the Yankees, once they clinched a playoff berth, they kind of mailed it in. So I'm not really worried about, you know, they, they didn't seem to be too worried about seeding. But they finished second overall in the ALE, seven games back of the Tampa Bay Rays, who, who are our powerhouse and if the Yankees move on they'll 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 play the Rays but but odd season you know 33 and 27 let's, let's just start it off with the you know the, the good of it all who would be your Yankees MVP of this pandemic season well it comes down to a race between DJ LeMahieu and Luke Voigt um I'm going to have to lean with Luke Voigt, even though DJ LeMahieu won the batting title. There were times when LeMahieu was out of the lineup uh, and Voigt just straight out carried the team. Uh, and that's when it would come to mind for me. Yeah. I mean, he, he led he led the entire MLB in home runs with 21. 22. Uh, yeah, got I, one at the end. Obviously, in a 60-game shortened season, um, yeah, I mean, Luke Voigt was a joy to watch this year, and, and he's really the only, and this isn't really the fault of any other Yankees star player, he's really the only Yankees player uh, of prominence that didn't get hurt. I mean, LeMahieu spent time on the DL, Judge spent time on the DL, Stanton spent time on the DL, um, Torres spent time on the DL. I mean, nearly played, everybody, yeah. Urshela too. Luke Voigt played 56 games to lead the Yankees, followed by 54 for Aaron Hicks. Kind of a surprise there that Aaron Hicks is second. And then third is Tyler Wade. So that just shows how many injuries the Yankees had. Yeah, and injuries and performance are especially a lot more prominent in a season like we've never seen before. And how the Yankees played so many seven-inning doubleheaders. Uh, and, you know, baseball was littered with doubleheaders this year. Just looking at the broad perspective, the St. Louis Cardinals were out like 17 or 18 days, and they still managed to play 58 games, which yes. is, I think, one of the most impressive accomplishments in all of baseball. Them and then um, the Marlins losing 18 players and then taking two weeks off and making the playoff. Both those teams made the playoffs. <laughs> it, remarkable. And 
somehow the Marlins only miss like eight calendar days, but um, yeah, the Cardinals miss like seventeen or eighteen calendar days yeah. and still manage to play you know fifty eight games out of a sixty game season. But I'm going to go with Voight for the MVP. Um, like I said, it's not any Yankees fault, players' fault that they got hurt, but Voight was one of the only prominent ones to not get hurt, and, and he led the MLB in home and he led MLB in home runs. No, so. uh, that's hard to to disagree with. Um, you know, like you said, with all those injuries, even like and DJ being on the. Being on the IL, even though he only missed ten games, you know, Voit was that presence, and and he did it while he Voit was hurt. He would hit a ball five hundred feet, and then he would limp around the bases, and he that that foot was definitely bothering him for a while, and he he toughed it out there and, and kind of carried this team. Um, I just had twenty two home runs, which on a one hundred and sixty two game season is a fifty nine home run pace. Uh, had an OPS plus uh, of one fifty six. But like you said, DJ LeMayo, I'm thinking DJ LeMayo because the numbers are just incredible. If he didn't go on the on the IL, he might be the MVP of baseball, not just the Yankees. You know, like through, batted 346, he was he was hovering around 400 most of the year. He had a, an OPS over a thousand, an OPS plus of 177. Um, the, the DJ like carried this team, and, and even when it, when it, the Difference when he was in the lineup and out of the lineup, the 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 wins total he, they just won more with DJ and it, and it made sense. He is uh, has put it all up there. We'll talk about a steal of a contract now that he heads into free agency. And surprisingly, haven't heard that much talk about his free agency around the league. But th- there should be teams just opening up their wallets for DJ Lemayo. And, and I think he stays with New York. I think he gives us a little hometown discount. He kind of hinted at it um, in his in his press conference on, on Monday, saying, "I want to be here." They know that, and we'll hope it works out. But anything could happen. It is a business. But DJ is going to get a huge raise, and I, I think it, it keeps him in pinstripes. But but what an original contract the Yankees had uh, from him to to be you know uh, an MVP candidate uh, for what was thought of as a a bad signing, or will this guy even ever step on the field? kind of become the heart and soul of, of this team with with Luke Voigt. You know, those, those two guys really are have become the Yankees. You know, we mentioned the, you know, the, the Stanton and Judge and Glaber Torres. Those were thought to be, you know, the, the three guys that will be the, the faces of the Yankees. And while they still are, in reality, it's Luke Voigt and DJ LeMahieu that, that's producing. So either way, I don't think you can go wrong there for, for the team MVP. Um, I, I think you'll see DJ get some actual votes um, he might lose to the Indians, Jose Ramirez. So, I mean, uh, there's, there's some, some talk of him winning the MVP, but for the Yankees, those are the, those are the really the only two options. Uh, Garrett Cole started out slow. Uh, I picked Garrett Cole to win the AL MVP and Cy Young. Uh, so that obviously is not going to be happening on the other side of things, Sam, who would be your, your most disappointing player this season? Most disappointing player. I mean, I think that's a shoe in. I mean, that's got to be Gary Sanchez. Um, uh, you, you know, coming off of two down years, uh, he just was very, very bad um, this season. You know, you know, he hit some home runs, but, I mean, hit below the Mendoza line, uh, which was very discouraging to see. Uh, and he stayed healthy all year. I'm not going to pick Giancarlo Stanton for his, you know, torrid start. Uh, he got off to this season on an absolute tear, uh, and then he got hurt. I'm not holding injuries against anybody, but I, I mean, you know, you look at um, Sanchez, and there was hope that he could bounce back after some good performances and exhibition games. But yes, the double-digit home runs, but the you know sub 200 batting average. I mean, again, way below two hundred. It was. It points. was barely. It was barely above. It was almost a sub one. It was a sub one hundred for a little bit there for the season. Yeah, uh, and, and there was not any uh, for for a big stretch of the season. It looked like he was an automatic out at the plate. So, I mean, I don't know how you could go any other route. He struck out sixty four times in one hundred and fifty six at bats, but there was at one point he had. Half his, his his strikeout rate was fifty percent at one point. It, it, it was it, so Gary absolutely disappointing. He said had a couple big home runs 
you know, big home run versus the Red Sox um, not too long ago. That grand slam versus versus the the Mets comes to mind. Um, but you, you said you had you only had twenty three hits on the entire season, and ten of them were home runs, four of them were were doubles, and and nine of them were were singles. And if you look at like DJ LeMay, who finished the season with seventy one home runs, like some seventy one hits. He would have a, a a week where he seems like he would have twenty three hits, where and that was all it took for Gary Sanchez. There, there definitely has got to be some concern long term uh, of he if he is your guy going into the catcher uh, position. There, I'm going to go a little different though. I'm going to go with 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 Adam Adovino. Adam Adovino coming over from the Rockies was electric last year, and while he showed some of that that this year, it, his numbers overall when you look at it are disappointing. He led the Yankees with 24 appearances. He only pitched 18.1 innings, um, which is kind of like a shocker given the the three-batter rule that he had. He had 12 earned runs, which gives him a 5.8 ERA, nine walks. Uh, You know, the the Frisbee just wasn't being a Frisbee. He had a couple couple times he couldn't even get a batter out. That that horrific 10-run inning versus the Blue Jays where it seemed like the Yankees could do nothing right was kind of centered around Adam Adovino. Uh, you, you knew he was giving up that grand slam in that game, no matter what happened. And it really hurts because the Yankees lost Tommy Kayleen early in the season. And all of a sudden their bullpen goes from one of the best in baseball to now being iffy heading into the playoffs, which is, is a huge concern for, for Aaron Boone, um, given you know the, the depth you'll need to go far in the playoffs here from a rotation and a bullpen. Just, just kind of disappointing because he kind of showed up uh, last year and really put his name on the map. Um, he was all over pitching ninja. I feel like in 2019, and then in 2020, it just just didn't perform like like we expected. The expectations were high, but uh, I gotta say, you know, easily probably the most disappointing guy out of the bullpen for the Yankees. Oh, no doubt, the most disappointing guy out of the bullpen. Uh, you go back to last postseason, and it just wasn't, you know. The late in that Astros series, he got absolutely unpitchable, if that's the right yeah, terminology. Right. Especially after that home run to Springer where he just hung the slider in game two of that series. Uh, a lot of that damage in this shortened season was definitely due to the, um, the <laughs> bad outing at, at the Blue Jays. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, like you said, that was the... One of the worst outings. That's half of his earned runs on the season. One of the worst outings was ever seen in Major League Baseball. You know, not recording an out. Six earned runs. Two walks. Uh, giving up a homer on four hits. I mean, his ERA coming into that game was three five five. Exiting was seven eight two. Yeah. But the, the problem with being a pitcher in a short season is you have one bad outing like that, and, and it ruins your numbers for the year. So I do give him credit that, you know, if you take that game away, he's, he wasn't terrible, but but it, it just left a bad taste. He still struck out a ton of ton of batters, 25 in, in 18 innings, but it, it's just, you know, having three losses, and those losses kind of really do stick out. Um, you know, he gave up a, a home run um, in another game when, when Hap was pitching well, that, that cost Hap a win. There, there's... In baseball, you remember the, the the bad things. I think that stick out a ton, and and for me, out of you know, it, it sticks out you know way more than it that it should, given the the caliber of player he was. Um, he was last year. I think there's a couple other guys that that fall under this category of disappointment. I think I think Mike Talkman's there. Uh, Mike Talkman didn't hit a home run this year at all. If you know, he batted two forty two, but it felt like his hits were all bloop singles. Um, and he you know, given the which is. That kind of, that might be who Mike Talkman is, but he teased us last year with the way that he finished that year. Um, you know, James Paxton getting hurt, only pitching five games, you know, twenty innings, and his Yankee career might be over. So there's a, there's a couple other guys that that could be on this list of, of disappointing. Under normal circumstances, this would be a very disappointing regular season for the Yankees, but they can change all that in the playoffs. Yeah, they definitely can change all that in the playoffs and. Talkman, it felt like for me in this season, he really, really cooled down. Uh, since September 12th, uh, he's only had one base hit. Uh, his playing time definitely decreased, you know, since, uh, since Stanton and, and Judge came back. Uh, and, and for good reason. He declined, and early in the season, he looked like somebody 
who who was really one of those hidden gems the Yankees found. Now, you know, he's a defensive replacement. Guy, he can't be more than a defensive replacement. Like, yeah, he he looks like he's a guy that can um, he is kind of be in that hidden fourth outfielder's role. Um, anyway, and this is a disappointment for me. I mean, he's got a good body for an outfielder. He looks really, really locked in. Uh, but like I said, he really declined uh, as the season went on and on. He finished the season hitting 242. Um, you know, not, not a good season for him after what started out like being a, a, looking to be a guy who Aaron Boone would never, ever take out of the lineup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was a, a lefty bat with Stanton and, and Judge on the IL. You're like, oh, he's playing every day. And then he did for a little bit, and it just it didn't kind of produce like he, like we hoped there. Um, so I, surprisingly, he actually led the team with six stolen bases. Um, so I gave, you know, he could be used as a pinch runner, defensive replacement in the playoffs. But, but sadly, I would love to have him in the lineup with given, you know, the, that righty-heavy – um, lineup the Yankees usually tout out there, but but you're, you're going to have to play um, Brett Gardner if you want a lefty. Um, but let's go to this, a little bit of the surprises for the for the Yanks. I think the two that stuck out most to me, um, Clint Frazier, shouldn't be that big a surprise. I'm a huge fan of Clint Frazier. He came in as needed, given the injuries, and, and produced, cooled off of late. Um, but I, I want to see Clint in the playoffs. And then Debbie Garcia. Yeah, the Yankees needed rotation help. Um I think all the chatter into the summer camp and um, spring training was about Clark Schmidt. The Yankees went with Debbie Garcia. He started six games, uh, had a couple great outings, a couple outings. He gave up some runs, but he's a 20-year-old rookie, making his uh, – he was the youngest rookie to start a game since, since Phil Hughes way back in the day uh, and possibly could be used in the playoffs here. Um, yeah, both of those were my two biggest surprises. Um, and I, I, would want, I want to see more of Clint and – if Garcia is pitching for the Yankees at, in the playoffs, that likely means they're going deep in the playoffs. So that should be a good sign. Yeah. Uh, you know, yesterday in the finale, definitely not a good end of things for Garcia. Um, but Clint was, you know, a huge bright spot this year. It's going to be interesting to see what they do in the outfield, given that Gardner is their hottest hitter in the last 15 games. He's yeah. 45. Uh, th- there's definitely going to be a big reaction from Yankees Twitter if Gardner is in the lineup to start things off. Um, yeah, I don't know if you, you see Joel Sherman kind of give a little tweet thread that why it should be Gardner for defensive reasons. You know, the the, the wall out in Cleveland could be tough. Um, and then, like you said, he's been actually been one of the hotter hitters in September for the Yankees. Um, it's that typical time where everybody writes off Brett Gardner and then he provides a big hit. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see him at least in the lineup game one. Yeah, and 345 in the last 15 games, I mean, that's the, the Yankees' best hitter. I mean, we've said a billion times, and I think we've said it on every episode this season, uh, just um, that we think it's going to be Brett Gardner's last year with the Yankees, but then he magically comes back and is uh, not fine, but... He, he just goes on a hot streak at some point during the season, and then he, he finds his, himself back into the starting lineup. Uh, and he know. said uh, that he expects to be back next year, so he's not thinking retirement at all. <laughs> yeah. Whether that's going to be with the Yankees it, you know, remains to be seen. Yeah. But um, Gardner is the Yankees' hottest hitter right now. Uh, you know, Frazier, when, when we're talking about bright spots – he got regular playing time this year, and this is a guy who's been through a lot. He's been victim to the logjam in the Yankees outfield, and in 2018 with the concussions, it was a really, really nasty scenario that I felt really bad for him. Uh, so it's been it's been a rough go for Frazier, but Garcia came up this year, and for the most part, he was very, very good. Uh, that fastball was dancing in and out. He was locating his pitches, not walking hitters. When we talk about the Yankees' playoff rotation for this best of three series, it's looking like it's going to be Cole, Tanaka, and, and then Steve. You wrote about it uh, last week. Yeah, I picked Hap for that <laughs> for that game three. Are, are, are we thinking Hap? 
I, I think so. Yes. Yeah. So let's go go into the matchups here. You know, uh, Cleveland is, is they they finished thirty five and whatever two games ahead of the Yankees. Um, all three games in Cleveland. Game one, uh, Shane Bieber versus Garrett Cole. The best matchup that we'll probably see all postseason here. Uh, Bieber is probably a shoe in for the AL Cy Young, uh, and and Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole. So that that's an epic round one matchup, game one matchup. Game two looks like Carlos Carrasco versus playoff Tanaka. You know can't can't complain there with with that matchup. It's going to be another uh, pitchers duel. And then game three, uh, Zach Plezak versus TBD. My pick is still J Hap. He, I think he's he's shown that he is that that veteran guy who hopefully will will lead the Yankees to victory if it goes to Game Three. Uh, could the Yankees go for the spark of Debbie Garcia? Absolutely, but um, I, I don't think Boone's going to risk throwing Garcia out there at 20 years old in a playoff in an elimination playoff game. I think that that ball is going to fall on Hap. Um, I just stick with the rotation here is for the Indians, Sam. They are so good, and then they in the within the past 18 months. They've traded away Trevor Bauer, Corey Kluber, and then they just got rid of Mike Clevenger, and they still have three aces. That's ridiculous. That's absurd to me. I was just thinking about that today. Imagine, like, the Yankees. Six aces. Still being competitive. <laughs> like, the Yankees trading Severino in the early portion of the 2018 season. Like, it's nothing. I mean, how crazy is that? It is That's probably the only... MLB team that has the luxury of doing that. They're, they're, it's ridiculously deep, and it's insane. And they, they make the moves. They trade them before they get expensive, kind of with Clevenger. You know, even they they, they screwed around with, with Plezak's service time after him and Clevenger went out, like, partying one night. Um, it, it's absolutely insane that, that Zach Plezak's going to be their Game 3 starter, and he had a 2.28 ERA in eight starts. And we're talking about maybe having Jay Happ up there. Like it's 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 pretty insane, and Shane Bieber has just been, I mean, what a, what a, what a what a season there. He was averaging, uh, he had a fourteen point two strikeouts per nine innings, a one point six three ERA. I have no idea how he even lost the game. He went eight and one technically, hundred and twenty two strikeouts in seventy seven innings. Uh, it's it's insane. The overall, the Cleveland Indians is this is where the, the the Yankees can lose here is is the pitching matchups because the Indians. Had 621 strikeouts from from their pitchers, which obviously led Major League Baseball. And the Yankees are known to strike out a ton. They struck out almost 500 times this year, um, and they don't walk that many guys. The Indians only walked 157. So that's going to be the real battle. There is is guys guys like Aaron Hicks who really work the count and, and and get the walks versus these Indian pitchers who just don't walk anybody. So um, I don't know, man. It, it there's plenty of concern. I think if you're from the Yankees. Yankee side of it all. The good news is that you know the Yankees have Garrett Cole and they have Masahiro Tanaka. If we think about that 2017 series, uh, I think everybody remembers the, the Greg Bird home run off Andrew Miller. But that game was started by Tanaka in a must-win game, and he went seven innings, three hits, seven strikeouts. So Tanaka really set up that home run, and that's that. The Yankees are going to need that Tanaka again uh, versus versus this Indian team, and you know I. As as lopsided as it sounds from the the starting pitcher perspective, but as we just gave all those stats for the Indians, the Yankees should feel confident with Cole and Tanaka as their game one and two starters. Those are two legit playoff proven starters. Absolutely, even though they're going to be going up against some really big guns for the Indians, uh, they should not feel uh, the Yankees or you know fans players should not feel. Like uh, they have to back down from this Indian no. starting rotation, uh, and, and Cole. Uh, I was writing about it today. It'll probably be posted tomorrow. In the last month, he, he has been absolutely superb. You look at the, his last three starts. Uh, I, I mean, th- there, there's two earned runs in there. Uh, it's been a, a absolutely superb September for Garrett Cole, and that's in large part to do with Kyle Higashioka, at least I believe him getting behind the plate and being his personal catcher. Um, it's, you know, the, the Yankees with, with Tanaka and Cole, and you, you go to Tanaka in game two, 
Uh, I hate to look ahead here because game one in a in a best of three series is absolutely it's, 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 vital. It, yeah, it's three wild card do or die games to me. It's like stop. Like I don't want to look ahead. I saw people got like, was getting really frustrated on Twitter with people saying that they should skip Garrett Cole for game one so he doesn't go against Bieber and then have him for game two in case we lose. It's like, stop trying to think that the Yankees will be losing. Like, you have Garrett Cole, you just gave him over $300 fucking million. You pitch him game one. And then you have playoff Tanaka game two. Like, it's a no-brainer uh, situation here. Like, the Yankees should not be scared of, of this rotation, no matter how good they are for Cleveland. Th- this is kind of what the Yankees are built for. They're built to have this one-two punch at the top of the lineup. And the good thing is, when you have these kind of with all these pitchers in the, in the in the series of starting pitchers, when they are good, they could give up a home run here and there, and that's all it could take is just one pitch, one home run could win a game. And in that scenario, I think the, that favors the Yankees a ton. You know, the Yankees are literally the Bronx Bombers. They they kind of been living and dying by the long ball. Um, and compared to the Indians, the Yankees had ninety four home runs. The Indians only had 50, 59. So a big disparity there for the home runs. And I think when you're going up against an ace. It's you try and get that one or two home runs and win a game. So that 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 should be an advantage, Yankees. Yeah, you're, you're right. And the Yankees have plenty of guys in their lineup that, that, that can hit home runs. And Steve, you mentioned, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show uh, about about the lineup of the Indians. You know, you know they have Jose Ramirez, who's could be the AL MVP, uh, but the lineup really isn't all that great and you, you go towards the bottom and it reminds me of that 2017 ALDS uh how that lineup was really one one through six you really weren't sweating anybody mm-hmm. seven through nine and I feel like the Yankees have that lineup where, where you sweat the guys at the bottom of the lineup that's not the case for the Indians um and, and it reminds me of that series three years ago uh yeah, no, there is. Which is really interesting to me. Um, and they have a lot of like a lot of players like like we talked about Gary Sanchez being under two under two hundred under like you like they're they're starting they had serious issues at catchers they you know they traded for for catchers kind of in, in part of that that Clevenger deal but you know Perez is there's been their starting catcher he's batting one sixty. 163. Carlos Santana been around for a while, known to hit the home runs, batting under 200. You know, so there there's a lot of situations where the the Yankees can can take advantage of a a lineup here the the Indians are like bottom third or bottom top five bottom five in baseball in OPS and the Yankees are top five in baseball so with all of that like if you're scared of the the Indians shutting down the Yankees lineup you need to be confident that the Yankees pitchers can shut down the Indians lineup and if the Yankees pitchers can shut down the Indians lineup then eventually Luke Voigt's going to get a hold of one um, the, the Indians bullpen also very good. Um, I think it, it's been better than the Yankees bullpen, um, th- this year. So it's going to be, it's a, it's an interesting matchup. Um, it's a really, really strong matchup. I think it's one of the better matchups in baseball, um, given the, the, the how the playoff bracket came out. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. I don't know if you've seen, but the, the midges have come back to Cleveland. People were reporting that they've actually kind of been around Cleveland and they haven't seen him really since the Jabba game. If those fucking midgets show up again and, and and disrupt this series, it's gonna be Twitter's gonna go insane. I have PTSD from those things. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was I, I was ten years old watching that game, and we were on our way up to Massachusetts, uh, and I had the portable TV in the back. Um, I can you imagine though if if those come back thirteen years later. I mean, hopefully it, it, you know, karma comes back and it helps the Yankees in a good way. Like, we don't, it's not the same thing that happened last time. Whenever it just kills momentum and pretty much loses the Yankees a series. Um, it, yeah, uh, that was what? That was 20, 2013, did you say? 20, 2007. 2000, oh, geez, yeah, so long ago. <laughs> that, that yeah. is, that's insane. That was 2007, to be honest. That just kind of blew my mind. I'm, I'm old. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, Java was on the mound. You yeah. know that reliever phenom that we always saw. Uh, uh, it was it was wild, and especially in a best of three series, no fans. I mean, that could definitely get into the heads of players a lot. Um, 
for sure. And, and, and no off day, so it's three straight games, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all going to be primetime games, 7 p.m. Um, I assume game three will be 7 p.m. if, if necessary here. Um, who's the what, – what's your – give me your, your prediction of the of the who that series and then who's like the, the – I guess the MVP of a three-game series, which is sounds weird to ask. <laughs> it's only three games. Uh, prediction for the Yankee series at the Indians. Yeah. Oof. Does it go? Does it go? Th- I mean, we're picking the Yankees, right? But does it go to that pivotal game three? I'm gonna go Yankees in game one. Uh, and the Yankees are gonna find a way to win game two. Uh, I think that yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think you have to kind of sweep it. Um, game game three. I mean, that's you have paid. You look at the Yankees have paid Garrett Cole all this money. Put up a shut up time. Go seven innings, no runs. Hope the Yankees get. You know, uh, a bloop and a blast off Bieber, and then have playoff Tanaka come through and do the same thing. You know, if the Yankees can win these two games, and look, they haven't been hit. The Yankees have been hit or missed. Either score ten runs or score zero runs. We could look at two games here that are one nothing um, each each way around. So it'll be if you're if you're if you're, if you're better, uh, I'd be interested to see what the the over unders is for these games. Uh, I think it could be like six or seven, um, which is pretty low for for baseball. So we'll have to. Kind of give uh, give and take there for the, my one player that that if it's too obvious to pick um, DJ LeMay or Luke Voigt, I'm going with Gio Urshela. Gio Urshela proved this year that he is not a fluke. Former uh, Indian. For, oh, I was getting there. You, you took it right. I was former Indian. He had kind of has some uh, some history in the postseason against the Yankees. He was, uh, you know, back in, in 2017, he did play and he had two bad errors at third base, which, which is pretty, you know, shocking given, you know, how, how highly we think of him in the field and how much of an improvement he's been at third base. Um, so, it, so I'm picking a little redemption, playoff redemption for Gio, even though, um, you know, he had all of last year's, year's playoffs. But the, he had those two big errors that kind of helped the Yankees beat the Indians in 2017. And then he's going to be the guy I think that comes back and now on the other side of the field for the Yankees helps take down the Indians once again. Yeah, that would be something. I mean, Urshela has gotten many key hits, you know, this season and last season for the Yankees. And it it would be fitting, like I said, former Indian. Yeah. It would be so, so fitting if he were the guy to come on again. Um, for me, for, for the Yankees in the field – if he gets at bats, it's going to be Brett Gardner. Uh, Ooh. It's going to be Brett Gardner. Remember three years ago that at bat against uh, Cody Allen. The, yeah, yeah. The, the 11 pitch, was it? 11 pitch at bat. Yeah. Uh, and, and he hits a two-run signal to basically ice the game. Uh, Brett Gardner, 345 in, in, the, in, in the Yankees' last 15 games. I think he's going to be the guy if he gets at bats. Watch him get a big hit, especially with Judge and Stanton struggling since their returns. He'll get at bats in the outfield and watch out for him for having a key hit. That that underrated guy minus the the Voight and LeMahieu notable names. And he does um, have a home run off Bieber in 2018. So I think he, I think it's, if he does make the impact, it's got to be in game one. I think that. I think we're gonna. You have to have Clint Frazier play game two if you have Gardner play game one, even if Gardner has a kind of a good game here. It'd be it'd be disappointing um, if Clint doesn't get an at bat this postseason. So we'll be interested to see. Maybe it's a time where they kind of split. You know, Gardner goes six innings, and then you know you pinch hit um, Frazier at a key at bat, and then you have Talkman go out uh, back to the outfield in left field after that. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the Yankees shuffle those three guys. Um, and then we see what the rest of the play. Let's see what the rest of that lineup's like. We know Higashioka could Higashioka be the the unsung hero. Sam, what if Higgy Garrett Cole pitches awesome and Higgy has a couple at bats, a decent at bats, and a couple hits in game one? Do you throw him out there with Tanaka? I I said this today, and you know, in a, in a piece that'll be posted, he's hit two fifty. You know, four homers, ten RBI. Three of those home runs in one game. Offensive liability. <laughs> yeah, you might need to ride the hot, the hot hand. Yeah, the line, the lineup card will be interesting, like you said, because at both those guys, 
I mean, and if you were telling me Higashioka is catching game one, so yeah, know, of course, like the last month, so you might need to ride the hot hand. Like, I mean, if you told me that the end, the back of the Yankees lineup is going to be Brett Gardner and Kyle Higashioka in the playoffs, I'd be furious. And and and, it, and both of them are playing without like big injuries. Like that, that would be mind blowing. No one would have guessed that. Um, but that's crazy to think that we could be in a scenario where the two of them are the everyday starters in the playoffs for the Yankees. Um, that that is something. Who's the? I mean, it seems pretty obvious, but we that the the one guy we got to watch is Jose Ramirez. But we haven't talked about Francisco Lindor. This this could be his last these last games in Cleveland. I think there's a pretty strong chance that he follows. You know the the way of the past Indians that were traded um, and gets moved this off season. Still, still put up a pretty strong year. His, his batting average was down a little bit, um, so so not not his typical monster numbers, but uh, but big series for Lindor. This could, and in what could be his final games as an Indian. Yeah, and he played all sixty games this season, which is really impressive to me. Two hundred sixty six played appearances, batting average down, like you said, you know, just under two sixty. Uh, but, but scary guy in the lineup. It's a scary guy in the lineup, though. That if he crushes the Yankees and is the reason why we lose, I won't be surprised. Yeah, regardless. Um, uh, even though the decline numbers this year in the shortened season, and there was a lot of guys around baseball with some numbers that took a dip. Uh, this is. With the Yankees reliever, and especially every Yankees fan has flashbacks to Chad Green in that. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking about. Uh, Off the pole. Uh, I hate to say that, but um, uh, this is a guy that I'm going to be really nervous if he's coming up to the plate, uh, even though his numbers have been down. So, so and then let's let's keep going down the, the rabbit hole uh, of possible scenarios. Glaber Torres had a very bad year defensively in his first year at shortstop. He was hurt for a little bit, but but overall disappointing year for Glaber, like we talked about earlier. Is there a random scenario where the Yankees pick a trade for Lindor over signing DJ LeMayu? Because I don't think they'd get both. But if he's on the block, do the Yankees trade for Lindor, you know, maybe for like a Clark Schmidt and a couple other big minor league pieces uh, maybe even possibly Clint Frazier if they're out there looking to move someone, silent door to a monster deal, and then let DJ LeMahieu walk. It sounds inconceivable, um, but that, it might be on the table, right? If the Yankees lose, that's swept right now versus the Indians, and Lindor has a huge postseason, I, I don't think that you know that type of move is completely off the table as much as I think that you know DJ's. Let's say DJ is, is a ninety-five percent chance he resigns. That other five percent chance is the Lindor trade, right? Yeah, uh, but lo- like we've said before, and like what the Indians did with Bauer and Clevenger, uh, and I know Lindor can be a free agent after the twenty twenty one season, but I just don't see the Indians trading yeah, Lindor yeah, yeah. to an American League team. Uh, like I said, he can be a free agent after the twenty twenty one season, but. The Indians general manager came out and said they were, you know, explicitly that they weren't moving Bauer to an AL team. Uh, obviously, they moved him to the Cincinnati Reds in the NL, and they moved Mike Clevenger to the San Diego Padres in the NL. So if the Yankees wanted to trade for Lindor, uh, if they were poised to do that, I don't think it would be the typical um, – you know, they were. It would be. It would be a shock. It would be a shock. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's zero point zero, right? It's not zero point zero, but the Indians, uh, I just don't think are going to make this move uh, to the uh, y- Yankees, uh, who I think would have to overpay a lot. I mean, they would have to add some sparkles on top of that package. If but yeah, I'm not rolling it completely out, but like you said. LeMahieu and Lindor would not be in the cards, and LeMahieu yeah. would be going somewhere else. So then it, it's going a little off topic here, just but I haven't talked about Lindor much this year. Is it's kind of crazy that if you let's say if he goes to the NL, there's really I, I find a tough spot for him to be traded and then signed. So I think 
the I think the Yankees what they will do is sign re-sign DJ LeMayu, assume Lindor gets traded to an NL team and then becomes a free agent. Because like who I don't see a team out there like that has enough farm prospects to to make that move and then convince them to stay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's um, the Braves maybe, uh, but like you know he's not going to get traded to the Diamondbacks and then sign a 300 million dollar deal with the Diamondbacks. So he's going to be a free agent there. Like does maybe the team like the Giants step up? I don't know if he wants to go out west. So it, it's a lot of lot of interesting things that let's assume the Yankees win. And Lindor, these are Lindor's last games with the Indians. It's going to be an interesting, interesting stuff going on in Cleveland. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Well, off-topic and rant there, but <laughs> we haven't talked much about these big guys because we didn't play Cleveland this year. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's so, weird. <laughs> so weird, too. This is like a series that we always look forward to. You know, Cleveland, the Astros, yeah, um, the A's, and we've seen none of them this year. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you you look at the Indians' decision for for so long that they'd been looking to trade Kluber. They they did that. He was not that they'd been looking to, but the rumors were always there. And like you said, Bauer and then Clevenger, of course, with the incident that happened this year. So it's really really interesting. Uh, this could definitely be Lindor's last series with the Indians, and where he could where he could go is very very is up in the cards. So yeah, and it could also like, swinging back to the Yankees. It could be the last time we see Masahiro Tanaka. I think the Yankees should re-sign him. I think he doesn't want to leave New York, but he kind of mentioned it in his last start that he he kind of for the first time, you know, put, thought about the possibility that he doesn't put on the pinstripes again because the Yankees, you know, won't be back in New York. Um, so it'd be a lot of lot of interesting off season, you know, uh, a tough off season, especially given the, you know, the, the the current circumstances of this season. It's kind of how do you judge players um, hitting free agency? So the Yankees will have a lot of moves to go. Um, they might be focused on pitching instead of you know like like uh, Lindor in in the trade market here. But let's hope the Yankees off season doesn't start for a long time. We both got the Yankees winning in two games, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, two wins. Move on. Sam, let's wrap this one up by kind of looking at the overall MLB bracket here. Let's start with the NL, then we'll come back to the AL. In the AL, we got the number one seed Dodgers versus the Brewers, then the Padres, Cardinals, Cubs, Marlins, and then the Braves, Reds. Kind of give me one or two teams you're looking at out there that you can see possibly in the World Series. Some things kind of to to watch. Um, We don't have to go team by team here, but just give me a little kind of get a little a little hit section of what to expect in the NL. Well, everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid on the Reds, and rightfully uh, so. Chugging I mean, it right here. Chugging the Kool-Aid on the side of the mic. <laughs> against the Braves, I mean, you have Bauer, Castillo, Gray, and against the Braves franchise that historically has choked in the postseason in recent years. I mean, last year against the Cardinals in Game 5, 10 runs in the first inning. I, mean, I forgot about just, that. So I, I think the, the, the Reds definitely are someone. Uh, the Cardinals-Padres series is also one I have my eye on. I think the Cubs and Dodgers will make mincemeat of their opponents. Uh, but, the, <laughs> but the Cardinals, uh, I don't know if I said it in the beginning, but them playing 58 games, and, and yeah, I know Jared Carabas of, of Barstool said it today, the Cardinals playing 58 games this season I think is the most impressive feet we've seen from they any had 14 doubleheaders or 14 seven inning games that's, that's crazy unreal. yeah like i said they were out for 17 or 18 calendar days um yeah that's just unbelievable to me so i don't know who's gonna win that series the the, the padres, padres are fun talent, padres are fun the padres young talent is definitely something i'm keeping an eye on uh, but the Cardinals and the adversity they've been through this year is remarkable. Uh, it, it wasn't – the Marlins definitely had some in the beginning of the season, but it was nothing like what the Cardinals had. The Marlins were back in eight or nine days. Yeah. Uh, the, the Cardinals were out for over a half a month. So hey, I think the Marlins' um, mystique will wear off pretty quickly there. But as you said, I think, I think the, I'm going to pick the Reds to go to the World Series now. I, I'm drinking that Kool-Aid. Uh, I've fallen into the 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 Bauer trap. Uh, I'm fascinated by everything he does on and off the mound. 
Um, and, I, and I can see him coming out there and just strutting his stuff and carrying this team to to the, to the World Series. They'll have to go through the Dodgers, who quietly are the number one seed in all of baseball and just straight dominated teams that people forgot that how good they were. They won 43 games. Mookie Betts should win MVP, and I feel like nobody's talking about the Dodgers. Um, so that, that that's – I see a Dodgers, Reds, uh, NLCS, and I'll take the upset Reds. But, I mean, those are that would be a big upset. I think the Dodgers should be really disappointed if they don't win the World Series this year. Yeah, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, th- this looks like their best team in a long time. Uh, and it's crazy what happens when you get a player years, like Mookie Betts. <laughs> you know, Mookie Betts, you know, Dustin May on the mound, uh, Walker Bueller. I mean, they are just absolutely loaded. Uh, going to the AL side of things, I, I think the Rays make pretty easy work. Uh, yeah. The Jays, I the think. Buffalo Jays. I, I think the uh, Indians and Yankees are, are going to be the most competitive series we see. Uh, I, I think the Twins take care of the Astros. And, and the A's White Sox is definitely something I'm really curious about. We, we all know the A's and, and how they've built over the last couple of years. But you look at the White Sox, and they're kind of like Padres AL. Yep. Uh, and it's no coincidence because the, they traded Fernando Tatis uh, for James Fields, and what's going to be looked at as a pretty bad deal down the line already is looked at as a oh, horrible terrible. deal, you may say. But um, they bounce him back finally. That'd be an interesting. That they met in the World Series, and Tatis wins MVP. That'd be that'd be that'd be an awesome storyline. I think the White Sox for me, they kind of they, they they've lost their juice. Um, you know, they they finished really poorly. They they, they should seven in their last eight. Yeah, they should have been the three seed, and they fell to the seven seed. I think they're a year or two away, and and that that streak is actually gonna gonna hurt them. And I think I think the A's take care of them there. As fun as it would be to see Houston get swept, um, I maybe it's because I we have the Yankee hangover. The Yankees just beating the Twins to a pulp every time in the playoffs. I kind of like the Astros to win there, and then so do we have a repeat of you know do we have then we have Tampa. I think we both agree Tampa versus Yankees in the second round. I could see Astros versus uh, versus A's in the second in the ALDS there. So we have two divisional rivals going at it. Um, if the, if Astros win, so it's gonna be tough, and it's pretty crazy that you look at this. And if we're not big Yankee fans, I think it's a really tough road for the Yankees to get to the World Series, and I wouldn't pick them. But I, you have to pray and you have to hope that that lineup finally starts hitting. We know they can score ten runs an inning if that happens. And you hope that the Yankees, we've been bitching that the Yankees need an ace for years and they paid Garrett Cole. So you hope that, you hope those two things pan out and that's the only way the Yankees win a World Series here. But it's going to be a tough road. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, they're going to have to go through Tampa and uh, this is going to be a weird postseason, like I said, uh, at the beginning of things. 48 hours from right now, the Yankees season could be over. Yeah, it's insane. Um, that would suck. And, that mean, that would means we have to watch the Giants. Like, <laughs> oh my God, that's not even a professional team. I don't consider them a professional team under any circumstances. So the Yankees better win for both of our sanities, just so for our football lives. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. And there's no hockey or baseball, you know, coming back. You know, our teams for the foreseeable future. So. so. Um, so all right, so give us what's the what's the World Series prediction here, and then we'll we'll come back after the playoffs maybe and see. Uh, World Series prediction, um, Steve. We always go with the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's, we, a it's, a, it's a Yankees podcast. podcast. We got to do it. <laughs> uh, I am going chalk. So Yankees, let's, Yankees, Dodgers. Well, let's go Yankees, Dodgers. Uh, I mean that's that, that's what you know. That's what you know. Rob Manfields and everyone is hoping for. They're hoping for Yankees Dodgers get both coasts, get the ratings. You know, be able to say, "Hey, look, look, we salvaged some awesome World Series ratings, and here's some extra cash for uh, for no fans and everything." And then we haven't mentioned it, it'll be in a bubble. You know, this after this first round, the, the Yankees or whoever the AL goes to San Diego or to to the LA, depending on which bracket you're in. And then uh, San Diego for the ALCS, while the NL is in Arlington and Houston. And then the the World Series will be in Arlington. So we'll have a World Series in a brand new stadium where the fans have never stepped foot inside yet, which should be crazy. <laughs> That's going to be wild. Um, 
And they might have so, fans. I think so, they're hoping for maybe fans in the World Series. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Trevor Bauer was tweeting about that today and everything. But uh, I'm going to go Yankees over Dodgers in seven. Um, that, I mean, that's... I mean, I'd sign up for that. I'm going to take Yankees over Reds in six. Let's uh, let's see what happens. Maybe fill out your bracket and tweet it at us uh, to to me and Sam, and see we'll see who comes closer. Cole pitches three times in the series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to. Yep. Even with the no days off, I think you you got to throw Cole as often as possible. And that kind of goes back to my, to kind of full circle here of why you, Garrett Cole must start Game One. It's not a decision. Is if the Yankees advance to the ALDS, then Cole can start Game One. And then he'll have to start game five if it gets that far in the ALDS um, on short rest. And then the ALCS, it's really tough to pitch three times with no days off, though. Yeah, it is. Uh, I I mean, it'll be an epic performance. Epic. I think there's one day off in the World Series. Um, Yeah, sorry, you're right. There is one day for the World Series. But on the ALCS, there's not. That's insane to me. Uh, I don't know what the – I know. Debbie Garcia and Jay Happ will both have to make a start. They're probably trying to save money with the, you know, hotel and and COVID. But I mean, I, I think if you have a seven game series, you need one day off for the playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy. That's that doesn't make any sense to me. So that's it is that, that's that's twenty twenty baseball, right? <laughs> yeah, pandemic style. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to see one day off in the ALCS. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully, Sam, we're not talking. Well, we'll try and maybe we'll come back. Uh, after the the Indians series here for either a uh, a funeral of the 2020 season or for a preview of the ALDS, um, but that, that's a wrap on the regular season for podcasting and pinstripes. Weird year. All that matters is the Yankees are in the playoffs. Sam, the quest for 28 is still alive. Send us away into the playoffs, man. It's been an unorthodox season. It certainly has been. Um, you know, the Yankees, a five seed out of eight teams in the American League. It's been up and down. There's been injuries, but there's nothing conventional in any sport right now. And when I say it doesn't feel the same, it obviously doesn't. Nothing in our lives feel the same. Uh, so I'm sorry if this is like kind of a sermon right now <laughs> in a sense, but you just have to embrace it for what it is. And baseball is the only sport that did not start um, that, that was not underway in, in this pandemic. Yeah. And the, the NFL, when you're talking about that, it's 16 games compared to 162. So um, there's really nothing you can say comparing the boat. The, the road trips in baseball are longer, um, which made it, more susceptible to COVID outbreaks, which we saw two times early in the season. So uh, you, you have to embrace it for what it is. And this playoffs is going to be like an, unlike anything we've ever seen. And that, that starts, you look at Wednesday, there's like 12 hours straight of baseball on ESPN. I can't Eight wait. straight so, games. How That's awesome. Go Yanks. Yeah, go Yanks. Get 28. We'll see you guys next time. Sam, always a pleasure. I'll talk to you later, bud. Take care, Steve. 